What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. I want you to turn to Romans 12, please, 12, 9. And just FYI, last um, service, I did part one, and I'm sorry. You're getting part two now, but I did honestly feel like it was the Lord leading, okay? And so I'm continuing on, and so you're getting a part two, all right? Um, <clears throat> if you could throw up the plate and the forks, please. Let's not forget where we are. We're in this series of I Will Build My Church, and gifts are forks and spoons. Some of you, by the way, may have been given a spork by Jesus. You're special. No, he decided to give it to you. So remember, don't ever forget, those utensils are not so that we can, but it's so we can give Jesus to each other. That's the picture. Usually we think, oh, I got this. I'm going to feed me. I'm going to feed me. Oh, me won't grow big. No, it's for you, bro. It's for the building up of the church. It's for the building up of the church. It's to feed you. It's to feed you. And how many people have prostituted out their gifts for money and gone the way of Balaam and Balak's? Some prophets don't come unless you have an honorarium. Whoo. Whoo. That's why I deal with prophets that come for free. And if you want to take a love offering, you can. See, I recognize the Holy Ghost right there. Because the Holy Ghost said this in John 6, 63. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be added. What's he talking about? Money. Money follows kingdom people. We don't need money to go. No money will follow as I go. Let me just say this. Don't judge people that charge honorariums because maybe God hasn't given them the gift of faith yet. They may have other gifts, but they don't have the gift of faith that God's going to provide. That's a gift. All right. So I'm not trying to I'm just challenging. See, I try to get in your stuff. I want to get in everybody's stuff, and I'm going to do that today, by the way. Jesus said this, blessed are you if you're not offended by me. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Sometimes he offends. And we've got to be people that are unoffendable. Every Christian is called to be unoffendable. I'm so offended by them. They don't respect me. They don't honor me. They don't appreciate my gift. Ah, that's not Christian. Jesus didn't do that. prayed for his enemies. They didn't respect him. They killed him, and he died for them. This is who we are. Next clip on the Jesus revolution. There's a great movie. I highly encourage you to see it. Jesus revolution. This guy right there with his hand like this, 
bald head, right? That's where I'm going for, by the way. Now, that's, that's Chuck Smith. He's the founder, and, and really he's not the founder. Jesus is. It's my church. I will build it. He's the chief cornerstone. But he was used by God to start Calvary chapels as we know it today. I'm ordained through Calvary chapels, so that's my people's. Is this a Calvary chapel? No. And I can get into a conversation about that, but I don't obviously agree with everything that they do, right? So, and it's, I'm not trying to be negative. It's just God's called us to do something unique here, a little bit different. This other guy right in the middle, uh, the guy right there with his hand up in the air, that guy's Lonnie Frisbee. That's not the real Lonnie Frisbee, and that's not the real Chuck Smith. It's just the movie. I need you to go watch the movie because this is what the problem is with the church today. In the 70s, when the Holy Spirit was being poured out and there was revival happening, these hippies were coming off drugs. Lonnie Frisbee was walking in gifts, signs, and wonders. People were being healed. Prophetic words were being spoken. He gave Greg Laurie, whose Harvest Church is probably like a 35,000 church in California right now, um, he gave, he gave Greg Laurie, Lonnie Frisbee did, a word, and he prophesied saying, you're going to speak to thousands at crusades. Guess what? That came true. He gave that to him as a brand new believer when homeboy didn't know one Bible verse. He might have known John 3.16, but you understand what I'm saying? No evidence, prophetic word, it came true. God used Lonnie Frisbee. Chuck Smith, on the other hand, seasoned saint, operated of a heart of a father, he put the word of God high up and exalted. And he taught chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Here's what happened. You see it in the movie. Lonnie, oh, we got to do the gifts. We got to do this. We got to do that. The spirit's this. The spirit's that. We don't need the word. <sighs> Chuck said, no, nah, Lonnie, the word. We can't get away from the word. We can't get away from the word. Fast forward. Jeremy, next book, Quest for the Radical Middle. If I, I encourage every Christian to read this book. This is a, a, a book written by a guy named Bill Jackson. He was in Calvary chapels in the 70s, and all of a sudden, Lonnie Frisbee, John Wimber, these guys that are walking the gifts and calling, anointing of God, they're seeing healing signs and wonders happen. This guy, Bill Jackson, went with them. But because there was a moving off of the word of God, a disrespect off the word of God, the written word of God, the logos, not the rhema, the logos. And they begin to put the rhema, which is God's spoken word, over the word of God. Not all people, but some people, they ended up in a place where they're barking like dogs and roaring like lions. And even John Wimber had to, of the vineyard, who, who started the vineyard, had to disassociate himself. Look, look that's not God. G Gentiles are called dogs, okay? Biblically. You know, God, the Holy Spirit's not going to make you bark like a dog. The Holy Spirit is not a demon. Demons force you to do something. The Holy Spirit is a gentle man. He wants invited in. Demons try to force you to do things against your will. So this split happened, this division happened. I want you to turn to John 6, 63, please. And this breaks the heart of God because man 
did this. God didn't do this. God still used them. Look, when Paul and Barnabas split, God still used them. Don't ever point to that scripture and say, oh, God wants us to split. No, the Holy Spirit, two chapters before, said, I've appointed Paul, Paul and Barnabas together to be missionaries. Because of arrogance and pride, they split. Because they couldn't humble themselves, they split. How do I know that? Because Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no records of wrongs. Paul was keeping records of John Mark and said he can't come because he did this. Wait a minute, I thought all all John Mark's sins were on the cross, Paul. That's the gospel you preach, it is. But he was wrong because he was holding John Mark in contempt of what he did in his past. That's not love. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Paul pinned later on 1 Corinthians 13, so he convicts himself of his sin in Acts chapter 15, where him and Barnabas split. Not only does he convict himself there, because Paul was a man just like us. I'm not coming against Jesus. Paul sinned. Jesus never sinned. Paul was not Jesus. He was just like you and me. How do I know Paul's wrong? Because at the end of Paul's life, In 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, bring John Mark to me. He's useful to me. Wow, what changed? Paul's heart changed. His arrogance and pride caused a division and split. And some people here have not been willing to do the hard work of love. Because it ain't easy. Loving someone you know is wrong. And they justify splits. No, 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 no. We got to be here. Do it. So this is what happened. Lonnie Frisbee wouldn't submit to Chuck Smith, who was the elder. Oh, you don't walk in the spirit. You don't, you know, you got, you know, you got a spirit of religion. You're trying to control. You're trying to do it. And Lonnie Frisbee went out. Do you know Lonnie Frisbee got into a homosexual lifestyle? He died of HIV sometime in the 1980s. He came back to God. He's forgiven. You're going to see him one day. He's a good dude, but he got away from the word. <laughs> he got away from the word. John 6, 63, what does it say? The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Don't you ever try to separate the word from the Holy Spirit. We are not going to do that here at Bow Down. We're never going to do that. God's word and God's spirit, they go together. You cannot detach. You cannot get away. If it's God's word says this, I've got to come under this, and the Holy Spirit will always cause me to come under the word of God. And that was the cause of the division, where the spirit, I got a word from the Lord, And it's above the word of God. That's why the split happened. At the end of this book, Bill Jackson, guess where he came back to? Calvary Chapel. Because he felt like they got away from the word. And his heart, God, how can I be led by the Holy Spirit? Operate in the gifts. Operate in prophecy. Operate in this. But also, never, ever take the Bible out of my hand. I got to have both. 
And this is the division in the church of Jesus Christ, which breaks the heart of God, where people try to separate and pit one against another. And Jesus, right here, he says, the words that I have spoken, they are spirit and they are of life. They are life. Everything that Jesus has spoken in his word, from his mouth, red letters, whole thing, Genesis through Revelation, that is his word. They are spirit, they are life. And you hear comments coming from churches. Too much word and not enough spirit will leave you with dry bones. And it's just like, come on, dude. Please don't do that. Please. And instead of loving one another and affirming one another, we fight at one another. We fight. And this is why I have you in Romans twelve nine. It says, let agape be genuine. Agape, agape, agape. You don't have agape. The only reason you have agape is if you're born again, as if you're saved. Romans 5 5 says, The agape of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So it's through my relationship with Jesus, upon salvation, the Holy Spirit comes inside of me, and all of a sudden I now have the agape of God living in me. I can't give what I don't have. And so in Romans 12, it says, because you're saved, because you have the Holy Spirit, man, here's what I want you to do. I want your agape to be genuine. I want it to be real, not fake. I want you to move people with an unconditional love that you even die for your enemies. Love is shown to be genuine when you come into some real heart. How many of us have met some hard people to love? In the church. In our families. That's where you got to tap into God's agape. Oh, God, I can't stand this person. I can't stand them. I just hate them. But then I forgive them. I release. I give that to you. Fill me with your agape because you died for the people that were killing you. You washed Judas's feet. This is what I'm called to, God. And thank you for making me like you, which I prayed and that has to mean you got to give me some enemies to love if I'm going to be like you. Stop complaining about your enemies. Jesus is making you like him. You can't do that apart from enemies attacking you. How are you going to learn to turn the other cheek? How are you going to do? How are you going to overcome evil with good? How are you going to learn to bless those who persecute you? How are you going to learn to rejoice when you're being attacked? if you don't have some good old enemies. So let's just pray now for some enemies to come. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We trust that unto the Father, okay? We trust that to the Father. Love. You see that in verse, so, so, so verse 9, abhor what is evil. That means hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love. That's phileo. That's a different love than the love up there. Let love be genuine. That's agape. And so phileo. Phileo one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Honor. Honor means to treat as fine gold. Dishonor means to treat as nothing. And so here is what we have to do, church. If the, the gifts are given to build up the body of Christ, but love is the main thing. The agape of God is the main thing. The gifts are, 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 are just gifts, and you didn't have anything to do with those. 
They were given to you because they're gifts. And the ones that you have, even if you don't like it, stop it because that's what your dad gave. There's Christians, I know. Tongues are weird. I don't want that gift. Yeah, huh, you're not God. Don't say that. God, they are weird, but I'll take them if you want to give them. I don't know about you, but if I don't understand something that God has given me, do you think I probably might want to receive it? Yeah, he knows more than me. That's why I said, God, pick out my wife. I'm 0 for 30. And he did. He did. He did. Because I can't pick them out. I'll take what you want, God. I'm checking out of this, man. Whew. And so... Revival, revival, revival. What does revival look like? Let me be very simplistic here. Revival looks like Jesus. It looks like Jesus. That's what revival is. Look at his life. When you begin to walk and do what he did. So, so 1 John 2, 6 says this. Anyone who claims to be in Christ must walk as Jesus walked. Revival, the outcome of revival is that people do what Jesus did. Look, I'll know when we have revival here, when we've got an overabundance in our budget, and I got to tell you, hey, please stop giving. We got way too much money, guys. Because that happened in Exodus, where Moses had to tell the children of Israel, please stop giving. So I'll know we have revival then. I'll know we have revival if at Urban Youth Impact, in all of our outreaches and everything we do, we have about 500 children in need of a mentor, and we got to tell people from the church, hey, please stop signing up for mentors. We, we, can't, we can't keep up with this. Why? Because revival should hit and we begin to do what Jesus said to do, which is go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. When I see people saying, man, I got too many disciples. I got too many people I'm pouring into, man. God, we need more disciple makers. Then I'll say, hey, that's revival. That's revival that's happening. Listen, consecration week for me is easy. You know why it's easy for me? Because I love Jesus. I love his people. And my enemies, well, they can't talk while we're reading the word for an hour, while we're singing for an hour, and we're praying. Now, some of them may try to pray preach towards me, but anyway, don't do that. That's easy. And I, I want to make this statement because it comes from Chuck Smith. I don't care how high you jump on Sunday, how straight do you walk on Monday? Worshiping Jesus, guys. I don't know about you, but that, that's, that's easy for me. But loving my enemy and taking my paycheck and giving it away and trusting God's going to provide, oh, that, that's hard. I want to make a couple comments here because I offended some people last week. 
And I didn't mean to do that. <clears throat> and I want to ask you to forgive me. I played a video weeks ago, and some people it bothered. Um, it was the video of the, the, the hand waving. You guys remember that one? So you had the carry the TV, touchdown, Rocky. Anyway, anyway I'm not funny, so. That offended people. Listen, my heart wasn't to offend. You are, I, I was raising my hands this morning, both of them. Okay, I was I was high fiving Jesus. My point for the video was love. Not to offend, but to know, hey, we're all created different and we're going to worship differently. We're going to have different expressions. And that's okay. What I don't want to happen and what God doesn't want to happen is that your expression becomes a distraction for those around you. So let me give you an example. If me and my wife are on a date up at City Place, I'm holding her hand, I'm hugging her, I'm kissing her neck a little bit. There's affection. It's called PDA. And by the way, fellas, women like that. And I don't care if that's not you. Get on board with it. In fact, next week we're starting Song of Songs, okay? PDA, baby, PDA. But let me switch gears. I won't use me, me and Colleen, okay, because I don't want to tarnish that. I'm going to shift. How many of y'all been to a pool at a hotel, and you see that couple, that couple, they're completely drunk and wasted, but they're making out on the side of the pool. There's little kids running around, and everybody's like, hey, go get a room. This is completely inappropriate. What are you doing? Is that just me? Have I been the only one that has witnessed that kind of nonsense happening? Yeah, some of you have been places where you shouldn't have, so you're not admitting that you've seen that go down. We've all seen somebody way too intoxicated and getting way too free and loose, and it's kind of like, hey, bro, go get a room. It's the same thing with worship. Nobody's trying to shut you down with your expression of worship. Understand the heart. But listen, and I, and I hate to do this, I've seen people worship, you know, especially some of you ladies, and you got that, you got that old club move still happening. That, that club move needs to get saved a little bit because you got, you got fellas that are behind you. They're trying to worship Jesus, and now they're going back to the club. You done brought the club in the church. So you have to be very careful how you're worshiping. Can I get a witness? And our elders are charged to go up to those walking in the spirit of shake what your mama gave you. And they're going to politely just tap you and say, hey, come here, let me talk to you. I talked about flags last time that I want flags in the back, not in the front. Listen, again, my personal feel. And if you have issues, you come you come talk to me. But that if you want to dance or you want to do a flag, go back there. We got open space for that. You're free to do that. But there's this one, this one dude on video where he pop locks. Has anybody ever seen that? And anyway, I'm not going to pop lock. But if you're dancing so much that everybody's looking at you and you're making a commotion, that's out of order. And so listen, 
You don't have to go all in. Me and my kids, when we were little, we would watch worship on the TV. And be Riley, me, and, and Christopher. And they were, they were six and four. And kids, they teach you how to worship. And we were praising and we were dancing. And, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we were doing that. And we were loud and we were yelling. But we were all doing that. But if everybody here is singing worship to Jesus, and then we got you off to the side doing your thing, listen, please understand, don't be like the couple making out in the pool. Jesus talked about a secret place, a quiet room. And some things are not for public. Some things are for private. And this is not legalism. This is not a religious spirit. This is me obeying scripture that says everything needs to be done in decency and in order. If the whole church is jumping and screaming and shouting and and everything, then, hey, I'm good to go with that. Those of you who have been to JH Outback, we've seen that happen. But you've got to see what the Spirit's doing in the room because God is not a God of confusion. And we've got to affirm one another, love one another, consider others better than ourselves. And so forgive me. That's what I meant to say a couple weeks ago. Not no flags, no dancing, no this, no that. Just be considerate in all you do. And listen, just like you PDA on a date with your spouse, you're not going to have a full-on makeout session right here in the front of the church. Like we will pull you aside for that one too. It's not the right time and place. In intimacy with Jesus, there's things that me and him have you're never going to have because it's between me and him. I speak in tongues. I speak in tongues. It's a gift that God's given me. But you've never heard me speak in tongues from here. Why? Because I obey scripture. I obey scripture. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 21, please. And I'm going to get into that. I, I need to explain that a little bit better. And I will, Lord willing. Jer- uh, Jeremy, there's no timer on, and that's a big problem. Not for me. I love this, man. 1 Corinthians 14, 21. This is kind of where we left off. Last week, not last service, but last week. (laughs) That's why I did two different messages this morning because I'm going to put an, this is going to stop and we're going to go into Song of Solomon's. And what Song of Solomon is, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, I'm going to see marriages come alive in Jesus' name. And we're going to see people fall more in love with this great King Jesus. And we're going to understand who we are as the bride of Christ and how passionate he is for us. So I'm so excited. My, one of my favorite books is Song of Solomon. And I can't wait to get into that next week. 1 Corinthians 14, 21. In the law, it is written, by people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people And even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Thus, tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. You might want to highlight that. So this is a different type of tongue that is not for believers, but it's for unbelievers. If you want to put Acts chapter 2 above that, 
that would be a reference where all of a sudden there's people from different lands all around the world and they were speaking in tongues and the other people understood what they were saying. So it's a different type of tongue. Look at what it says next. While prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. But for believers. Is that clip ready to go, Jeremy, of a prophecy? Okay, let me set it up for you. This changed my whole paradigm years, 12 years ago on prophecy. I went to visit a church, place this size, completely packed. I was way in the back, and the guy who's in this church, Ryan Gunn, was right next to me and my bride. And we were in there because there was this guy, they called him the birthday prophet. Like he could say, um, you know, hey, Bobby, uh, you're, you know, 50-whatever years old. And he would nail your birthday. And I'm kind of like, come on, dude. Why would God do that? Why would God do something like that? That's kind of done. The birthday prophet, what a joke. That was my heart going into this meeting. This is why Scripture says, and I was disobeying it in my youthful zeal, don't despise prophecies, but test them. Hold fast to what is good. So I went to go see the birthday prophet with my wife, and it was recorded by the way, my middle name is Ryan. My full name's Christopher Ryan. And it's funny. I want to give you kind of what I was thinking. Well, I'll tell yeah, let me give it to you. So when he said my name, I just like, okay, there's 250 people here. There's probably a couple Christopher Ryan. So I'm just going to sit down. And then he said, you're 38. I'm like, oh man, that's me. So I stood up. And when I stood up, he gave this prophecy. So I want you to hear it. Now, I don't know this guy, never met him. He didn't know me. He didn't know I was there. This was a prophetic word that was given to me. So go ahead and play, please. Yeah, God says a new wave is coming uh, for Christopher Ryan. You need to stand up. You're 38 years old. God says he's going to release it over you. <laughs> and God says it. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord says that he's placed an anointing on your life. Uh, he's called you to be a papa. And I see you releasing Timothy's, which gives the confirmation of Timothy Mark, you know. But God is going to cause you to uh, release Timothy's. And I see a movement that's coming. And God says he's giving you the Joshua generation. Those people that will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yeah. And I was reading about Joshua today. And uh, God says with that is coming great visitation, angelic visitations from the Lord. And uh, I see God sweeping over neighborhoods. And God is going to shift neighborhoods for you. Yes. And the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed. Okay. God says he's shaking up your family right now. But when it gets done being shaken... <laughs> The glory of the Lord is going to be revealed <laughs> in such a powerful way. I just see that over you as a blessing from your papa 
Father, I just pray for that anointing to lead Joshua's generation. And that anointing, the apostolic anointing to raise up sons as Timothy's God, to take the nations for you, to raise up sons and daughters. I just see the flow of the movement of God. I don't know if you have two children or two daughters or something like that. I see two girls. I see two girls. I don't know why, but I see God placing an anointing, and he'll reveal that to you as, as it uh comes but I see God placing an anointing on them and just dreaming and they're going to dream and they're going to come and tell you their dreams and God is wanting you to pay close attention to what they say because there's going to be just such a revelation of Jesus Christ flowing through them and so the Lord is building upon uh wow (laughs) what you are already doing God is building upon it there's a building upon it there's a building upon it even more we release the glory and the fire of the Holy Spirit right now. So that was given to me in a room like this from a guy that didn't know me. Now, it's a prophetic word. I've never seen anything like it in my life. He knew my age, my first and middle name. I could continue to play it because he called out my wife and started speaking things over her as well. It, ha- it was the most amazing prophetic utterance I, I had ever seen. Now, what happens is we get enamored by that, and we don't test, test it. I don't have two daughters. So was it a false prophecy? I have two children. But remember, we prophesy in part. So don't disrespect because he was off a little bit in what he was sensing. I do have two children, not two daughters, but many of you don't know this, but my wife had a miscarriage before Riley, and so just maybe he was comforting my wife and I's heart that that other daughter is in heaven. I don't know. Does that make sense? God will reveal. God will reveal. But what is amazing is that at that time, we were starting Project 516. And the goal of Project 516 is to raise up a Joshua generation so they can learn how to take the land for Jesus. He said that God is going to build and keep building with what you're doing. How did he know what I was doing? He didn't know what I was doing. He didn't know my heart for discipleship to raise up Timothys and just let them loose in this world that I just want to make disciples. And that prophetic word hit me. So what do you think happened? Man, my faith just kind of went up and I got more focused on what God has called me to do. Have I had an angelic visitation since then? I think I did. Let me tell you the story. Myself. Bill Hobbs, raise your hand, Bill. My friend Chris Koldosher and another kid, another guy, Giovanni, I don't know his last name. We were at a conference, and we were walking into the conference, and all of a sudden, Bill, Chris Koldosher, and Giovanni, they went up in the air in the parking lot. They fell down on the ground. They started rolling around laughing. Now, Look at Bill. Bill, stand up, please. (laughs) Bill had a tucked-in polo, khakis, golf shoes, and they were up in the air, and they were laughing. Thank you, Bill. They were all just same time, and I'm like, it didn't happen to me. So I was like, what's wrong with me, God? 
But it happened to them, and they were laughing on the ground. And I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, are these guys playing a joke on me? Did they, did they time their clock at the right time? They're all going to go down. And then I'm like, well, why, what was that, God? What was that? Could it have been an angel? Like, hey, I don't know what happened. Can't figure stuff out from God. But all I know is that happened, and that was crazy. And this, by the way, my doctrine, if we have prayer partners, and you know you go to some churches and they baptize you with the Holy Spirit or lay hands, and then they have people behind you catching them. Yeah, we don't do that here. Why? Because of that. They went down on the asphalt, and there wasn't a scratch, there wasn't a bruise, there was no bleeding, there was no blood. They were picked up and thrown down on the ground, and they were laughing. If God brings you down, you don't need a catcher. So we're not soft here. We trust if the Holy Spirit brings you down, we don't need catchers here. Come on, bow down. We don't do that. You ain't going to find catchers in the Bible either. I'm playing a little bit. Don't go out and judge churches that have catchers. Don't do that. Honor them. But I have faith if God brings you down, then he's going to catch you. See, that'll get rid of all the fake stuff because some people fall down because they know they got a catcher. Another story. My friend has a church. The church was meeting in a weight room, a gymnasium. And the Holy Spirit started moving, and this lady went down. But when she went down, she went down on a dumbbell, and she twisted her ankle, and she broke her ankle. She goes to the church and says, hey, you need to pay all my bills. He's like, well, wait a minute. If the Holy Spirit brought you down, you wouldn't have twisted your ankle. And then she began to sue. When she sued, that's how I know that that was the flesh. That was a religious spirit that took her down because she broke her ankle. And then she responded like a non-Christian wanting to sue the church. We have to be discerning of some of the nonsense that's going on in the church today. A lot of times people think it's God and it ain't God. This is why we need his word. Verse 23. And by the way, laughing used to irritate me. What is this holy laughter? What is this? We'll get into more of that later, later if the Lord lives. Let me get, let me get to the, let me get. So I, hopefully that didn't offend you that he was laughing, but just, listen, joy produces what? Laughter. So we've got to rethink, man, what, what, what's going on here? Actually, I'll get into the story. Sorry. <clears throat> I'm at a church, and there's a pastor preaching, and he's saying there's somebody that's here that you have been molested, and God sees you, and his heart weeps over you, now, why this pastor is doing this, the young adults were off to the side. And somebody started giggling. Somebody started laughing. So you have somebody preaching brokenness, repentance, God wants to heal and fix, and sexual abuse. And you have a bunch of immature people over here giggling and laughing. That's confusion. God is a God of order, not disorder. If the Holy Spirit is speaking through the person up front, 
we need to be very careful about the distractions that are going off on the side. So sometimes holy laughter cannot be holy and actually demonic. And sometimes it can be holy. This is why we need the gift, the discerning of spirits. Because if I was preaching and saying, I got a word that somebody's sexually abused and God wants to heal you, and if they're laughing, I'm going to say, hey, guys, that's enough right now. Not right now. Not right now. God wants things done in decency and in order. John Wimber, there's a lady who got up in the middle of the service, started speaking in tongues real loud, and he said, excuse me, ma'am, we believe in that, we agree in that, but right now is not the time for that. There'll be time for that later, so please be, be, be seated. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. The Holy Spirit is not a demon that's going to make you do something that's going to cause disruption. Twenty-three. Therefore, the whole church comes together. He's going to talk and expand about the whole church, and in, in starting in verse twenty-six. And Lord willing, we'll get there. That was a joke. And all speak in tongues. And outsiders or unbelievers enter. Will they not say, "Hey, you're out of your minds"? So again, I go into churches. Hey, everybody, speak in your tongue language. That goes against the scripture right here goes against the scripture here on a huge on a on a main service to do that and somebody new comes in and so guys we we want to be like okay wait a minute we've got to understand what is scripture saying and 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 how are we moving off of that they're saying hey are you out of your minds And, and many of you are like wait a minute i've been to a church that did that i'm not judging and condemning that what i'm doing is 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 giving you the word of god and saying hey What you do needs to line up with this word. Because God does not want his church to be mocked and laughed at and made fun of. He doesn't want people to look at us and say, you guys are out of your minds. That's why it's in here. Because he wants, he is holy, he is righteous, he is pure, he is truth, he is love. Not a sideshow. Verse 24. But if all prophesy, and, and keep in context here, when, I want you to put two or three. It's not everybody prophesying at once because he's going to explain that later in, um, in this chapter here. You can just put above it two or three, prophesy, and an unbeliever, an outsider enters, he's convicted by all, he's called into account by all, and the secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so, falling on, a, on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Yeah, that's what happened in Acts 2 as well. Peter was, was just saying, you killed Jesus, and they were cut to the heart, and they fell down. And so prophecy, guys, proclaiming God's word, man, people are going to be like, man, I'm cut, to the, I'm cut to the heart by this. Let's go to verse 26. This is the only place in the Bible where God describes a church service. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Listen, if you have a song that you feel like we should sing, let us know. If God's put a song on your heart, don't wait till Saturday night. 
Because we want to be prepared to try to do things with excellence. And so if there's a song that's burning in you, and so we all have gifts that we bring. A lesson. Hey, I, I have this word. Okay, why do you have to give it to the whole church? It's the first question. Why don't we test it through the elders because we're supposed to test everything? And maybe you're, yeah, we do need to release this. But see, here's how people operate. They want it right now. I got to give this. No, we got to test all prophecies. This is 1 Thessalonians 5. I keep quoting it, but it says, test all prophecies, hold fast to what is good, because some are not going to be good. If you have a tongue, a lesson, a revelation, an interpretation, let all things be done for building up. What is the motive to build up love? 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be one, let there be only one, let there be only two, or at the most three, and let each in turn, let someone interpret. So, This is the third type of tongue, and we'll get more into this in a second, but this is someone speaking a tongue to the congregation when there's an interpretation, if there's someone with the gift of interpretation. If you have the gift of interpretation, please come see us. We need you, because there should be tongues given to the church, but we have to have that one gift manifested, the interpretation, because if it's not, verse 28, this is disobeyed so much. Forgive us, God. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in the church and speak to himself and God. So some of us may need to reread that. If there's no one to interpret, be quiet. Speak your tongues quietly to yourself and to God. So if you're taking note. I want you to write down 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It says various kinds of tongues, meaning there's more than one tongue. And this is where the ignorance comes in because people think there's just one kind of tongue. There's not. There's different kinds of tongues for different places. The first one is listed in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Look at it, please. It says, for one speaks in a tongue, speaks not to men, but to God. You're not talking to the church with this tongue. You're talking to God. This is when I'm in my prayer closet and I'm doing my thing with God. This is when I'm in the church service sometimes and I'm quietly speaking tongues while I'm worshiping. It's not for anybody. I don't want anybody to hear me because it's not for you. And a lot of times the flesh rises up and people speak five volume, ten volume because they're wanting people to look at them. Oh, it's the Holy Spirit. No, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's your flesh. You're taking pride in your gift. You're trying to prove something like you're so spiritual. If you were mature, you would submit to 1 Corinthians 14, 2, which says this. If you've got a tongue language, it's between you and the Lord. If there's no interpretation, do it quietly. Level one, turn it down. Be humble and come underneath the word of the Lord. Does that make sense? The second type is 1 Corinthians 14, 22. This is for evangelism. This is what happened in Acts chapter 2 where all of a sudden people are coming to Christ because they're understanding a different language. This happens today. That's the second type of tongue. The third type of tongue is in 1 Corinthians 14, 27, and 28. 
It says that this tongue needs to go out into all the church, and there needs to be an interpretation. And so nobody is despising tongues. Nobody is saying, don't do tongues, but we want to do tongues in the right way. And how many people disobey what I just said? And here's why. They don't know the word of God. The word of God is the spirit of God. Don't get it twisted. No, keep it twisted. The word and spirit are twisted together. The Holy Spirit would never, ever, ever call you to do something that doesn't line up with his word. If you disagree, please email me. If there's other tongues I don't know about, but I've searched the scriptures. I think there's three. But it does say various kinds, and that's how the enemy comes in. Oh, I got this special kind of tongue. It's not listed in scripture. Oh, come on to our elder meeting. We'll talk about that. In love, in love, in love. Because guess what? I could be wrong, but until I got a verse for that, I'm going to go with the verse, not what you say. You want to know why that this stuff isn't done? Let's keep going. Verse 29, let two or three prophets speak. Let the others weigh what is said. Weigh what is said, meaning we're going to test what was just said. We're going to weigh that thing out. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. So again, there's order. There's not a bunch of people speaking. God is speaking through one person at one time. It's not chaos. That's out of order. And so be, be silent. Man, you're trying to stifle me. No, no, no. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. It's self-control. And if you can't be quiet and respect and honor those that are speaking right now, that is your problem. You're not walking in the spirit. You're not walking in love. You're clinging to your rights. No, I got to be super prophet. I got a word. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. What's the outcome? of prophecy, learning, and encouragement. That prophetic word that I was given when I was 38, by the way, I'm 50 now, that encouraged me that I was on the right path. It encouraged me that God knew my name. It strengthened me, and it caused an expectation to grow that God's gonna pour out his spirit on what I'm doing. He's gonna multiply out things, and guess what he has? And it's not because of me, it's because of him. So God helped me to become less and less and less, so only you remain. Verse 32, the spirit of the prophets subject to the prophets. You have control over the volume of your tongues. Please submit to this verse. You have control on how you dance. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. You have control. You've been given that. Again, demons, they make you do what you don't want to do. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And this is why, again, discerning of spirits. For God is not a God, verse 33, of what? Confusion, but of peace. I'll never forget a time I was bringing my wife to this one place where I wanted her to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We won't get into that today, but here's what was going on. This guy was speaking. There was a lady off to the side, and she was in deep travail. I'm all good with deep travail. But her deep travail was her having a baby. Let me, let me, she was like, ah, ah, ah. she was travailing. 
the preacher's peaching, and I got a lady who's out there having a baby. Like she wasn't having a baby. It's called travail, okay, which is a real thing. And, and so the preacher's preaching, and then I'm looking at this lady because I'm like, she's going to drop the baby. And the preacher's like, don't look at her. Focus on me. I'm like, dude, it's hard. She's having a baby. What's going on there? That's confusion. That's disorder. And what should have happened was the leadership, hey, look, we want you to have the baby. We like travail. But right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking through. So let's take your travailing. We're going to, has anybody ever had a baby out in public on the, on the highway? Have you ever had a baby in a, in a, with a bunch of people? Okay. So there is, we, we've got to start thinking, church. Some things just ain't for public consumption. It's for the private room. And sometimes it's better to excuse yourself if you're going to cause confusion and disorder. Help us, God. As in all the churches of all the saints, and you want to highlight all, the women should keep silent in the churches, for they're not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there's anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or was it from you that the word of God came, or are you the only ones it has reached? If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that these things I'm writing you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. Now, here is why a lot of the more charismatic churches, and by the way, we're a charismatic church because we believe the gifts are for today, but we're also a word church. The word and the spirit are connected. They go together. We're never going to separate them here. But a lot of the charismatic churches that gotten away from the word of God, and you see a lot of disorder because they don't understand tongues, because they've never been taught the three types of tongues. So there's just loosey-goosey, wild west. But they also forbid this, pa- they don't read this passage because they are against this. It's offensive to women. It's shameful for a woman to speak, so we're not even going to go there on Sunday morning. Here at Bow Down, we go there. Because we are not ashamed of the word of God. What does it mean it's shameful for a woman to speak? First of all, ladies, it says, ask your husband. If you're in a Bible study with me, and you're in that Bible study, and you're asking me questions with your husband right there, why not ask him? Why not honor him? Why not honor your husband to go search it out? Men, naturally, they're passive. Women, you're better leaders than we are. You're better managers. Your word count is way higher. You're better speakers than we are. You're better preachers than we are. And guess what? God says in his word, 1 Timothy 2, I do not permit a woman to speak or have authority over a man for Eve was deceived and not Adam. Adam wasn't deceived in the garden. And a lot of people, are you going to teach culture, Chris? Are you going to teach culture? No, I'm not going to teach culture. And here's why. Because in 1 Timothy 2, he gets rid of culture by saying Adam and Eve. 
It's not culture. It's how he's created women. Before the fall, Eve was deceived, Adam wasn't. It speaks to creation, not to culture. Now, I understand the culture, what was happening. These women were throwing out all kinds of questions because the women were on one side, the men were on the other side. And so these women are asking questions and they're shaming their husband. Who is the authority, right? First Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, uh, it's in First Corinthians. So it says, the head of every woman is man. Men are the authority in the home. And when women, you're disrespecting your husband who's sitting on the opposite side, you're shaming him by going to the pastor and not him. Go to your husbands. Go to your husbands. Honor him. Honor him. Honor him. And Paul didn't want that stuff happening. It was a cultural thing, but also it's a creation thing. And listen, so here about and we don't believe women, preachers, women, elders. And the reason why, and I, I, let's just go there real quick. We're almost done. First Timothy 2. It's not because I'm a misogynist. It's not because I'm under deception. It's because I believe what the word of God says. Don't hate me. Take it up with the Lord. Nobody start trying to stifle you or put you down. Here, we're going to obey Scripture. And here's what Scripture says, verse 12. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she's to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. That gets rid of the culture argument. If you have an answer where you feel like God has shown you that it's, it's, it's a cultural argument, I would simply say, well, what do you do with Adam and Eve? That's not culture. That's creation. I've never had a good answer, and I'm challenging you, church. Give me a good answer. Answer this question. Why does he point to Adam and Eve? Why does he point to creation bringing you out of culture? Again, I, I could be wrong, but I'm just going with what Scripture says. Again, there's way better preachers than me. There's way better teachers than me. It's not a matter if you can do it or not. It's a matter of submitting to Scripture. And one of the reasons why I think this is here, because Adam, where was Adam at creation? He was right there next to Eve, and he was passive. Men, come out of your passiveness. Your women want you to lead family Bible studies, family worship. Listen, the problem with our prayer here is we have no men praying. It's all ladies. And ladies, you keep praying. I'm not trying to offend you. But men, guess what? Be offended. Because scripture says in, in the beginning of 1 Timothy chapter 2 that I want men to pray with raising their hands. And men are not praying. So what's going on? Women are leading it. Because the men ain't doing their job. And that's out of order. Since we're there. Again, if you can change my belief off this, I'm open to it. But I've read all the books. I've read all the commentaries. He talks about creation, not culture. I, I don't want to hear about culture. It's creation. It's not that men can't be deceived because men are deceived all the time. But God's created women in a certain way. And we need to appreciate that and understand that. Now, in a house church setting, women... Go ahead and talk. Small group Bible studies, go ahead and talk. We see in Acts, uh, prophetesses prophesying. We've got prayer partners up here. Women, you are loosed. 
but just not in the position of elder or pastor. And, and why? 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 Because of my beliefs? No. It's because of, of 1 Timothy chapter 2, 12 and 13. And I think I've said enough. I love God's word. And I'm not trying to be mean. And I'm not trying to discount women or disrespect. I honor. I tell this church all the time, you'd be better off if Colleen was the senior pastor. Because she's way better than me, bro. Now, her sermons would be way longer than mine because that girl can talk. And so God didn't want women shaming their husbands by going to the pastor. No, go to your husband. That's why he's saying it's shameful to speak. You can speak in church. You can speak in house churches. You can speak in small groups. You can speak in prayer. You're going to speak tonight at consecration. You're free. It's just from the standpoint of teaching and leading men. That's why I love Kay Arthur. I went to a conference. There was all men there and women. And she's speaking. And the first thing she did, she got on her face and she says, I know men, you're here. I didn't invite you, but you decided to come. I want you to know that I am full submission under my husband. My husband is my head and I don't do anything apart from my husband. I'm under his authority. And so I honor every man here. You are my head. I'm not trying to teach you because I'm not trying to disobey the word of God. What a godly woman. Instead of what I see, I am woman. Hear me roar. There's a feminist spirit in this age. and We need to be very, very careful of that. Verse 39. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy. Like what we listen to from that prophet, desire that earnestly, passionately. And do not forbid the speaking of tongues. I want to say this again. We want you to speak in tongues. Paul said, I'm more thankful than I, I speak tongues and more than all of you. But do it in a way that's biblical, not of the flesh. But all things should be done in decency and in order. You married couples know that it's inappropriate with little kids running around to have a makeout session in the pool. Take it to your room. Order, decency. If the Holy Spirit falls on this place, everybody's jumping and shouting, I'm all good with that. But if you're the only one every week that's just jumping and shouting, keep jumping. Just don't jump like Michael. Jordan. And keep shouting, but do it in a way but it's from the heart and it's not distracting because you don't ever want people to lose their gaze off of Jesus because of your behavior. And this is where we're going to end. Agape one another. Agape one another with a genuine affection. A genuine affection. This is what we need to love one another out of a pure heart. 
with a brotherly affection and also showing honor, honor, honor. You may disagree with everything that I've said. With some of the stuff, that's okay. Please honor me because if you disagree, I'm gonna honor you, but I might say, hey, listen, this is how we do it here at Bow Down because everything's done in decency and order and there's not confusion and what you're doing is bringing in confusion, but I wanna honor you when I'm rebuking you because I'm rebuking you in a loving way. That's wanting you to be right with God. And we want to be considerate in all we do. That's in Philippians. Be considerate in all you do. Philippians 2, 3, in humility, consider others better than yourself. You might think I'm wrong, but you've got to, got to obey Philippians 2, 3. Where you consider me better than you. And someday you may get your church. And you can do it how you believe it needs to be done. But the elders are here, and you got to consider us better than you. I'll never forget this. I was, this, and I'm done. Worship team, come on up. Prayer partners, come on up. I know I'm over, but I needed to end this series so we can get into Song of Songs. I'm in my prayer time, and I'm complaining about Bill Hobbs over here. Sorry, Bill. He was my boss, and I was like, Lord. I feel like we should be doing this and he's doing this and I feel like we should be doing this and he's doing this and, and, and God just let me whine. You know, he lets us whine as little babies because we're his kids and I felt like the Lord kind of put this thought in my, in my mind. Chris, if I wanted you to be president, you would be. Learn how to submit. I received that word because I didn't know the heart of the Father in a condemning way. But now, knowing the heart of the Father, Chris, if I wanted you to be present, president, you, you would be. Guess what I am now? I'm president. I'm Bill's boss now. He's my spiritual father, but God has put me in that place. I had to learn how to honor and love because I wasn't. In my pride and arrogance, I thought I was right. And God simply said, if I wanted you to be president, you would be. Well, here I am. Daddy, we made it. Love and honor, love and honor, love and honor. Consider one another better than yourself. Father, I pray that you would pour out your spirit today. As we sing to you, God, I pray revival would break out, but not for us. The kind of revival makes us so in love with you that the cares of this world, that the deceitfulness of riches would just fade away so that when we hear your command unless you renounce your, your whole life you cannot be my disciple we gladly renounce our life because you are a God of love and we want to follow you and so, God, we pray for that kind of revival where we honor one another. We pray against division in Jesus' name. And we welcome in your presence in this place, God. Build your church, build your church, build your church. Help us to worship you now, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com. Thank you.